Catherine, how are you doing? I'm great. Thanks so much for having me. And you live in the state of Maine. Is that right? I do. I moved here in 2001. Now, tell me, you've, you've written a number of books. I'll just acquaint readers or listeners with uh, some of the titles. Uh, Superstorm, which was about Hurricane Sandy. Now, do you, did you endure that as a you know, reporter or as a, just a, somebody who was afflicted by it? Um, a little bit of both. We were not all that badly hit here in the state of Maine, but I was actually in North Carolina visiting my brother and his family. They had just had a newborn baby um, and I was there to help with that and, and definitely felt the impacts down there. I at, at the time, I had been writing a fair amount about tall ships and I had just written a story about the bounty which sunk during the storm. And so my primary interest in the storm initially was why it was that this, this creaky old wooden pirate ship sailed out into the middle of the storm and sank. And from there, it became a much larger dive into questions of risk and climate change and meteorological conditions, rescuers, forecasting, that sort of thing. Let's let's tell. Uh, well, we'll get into more books uh, we, because you've done a nice variety of them. Catherine is uh, originally from Peoria. You uh, worked as, as sort of a, you know, at the Journal Star in, while you were in high school. So you obviously were you know interested in what, gathering news or just writing about things? Or what was your interest as a, as a growing up? Def yeah, definitely gathering news, definitely research, definitely writing. Um, I had my godparents who were like adoptive um, grandparents to me. They actually were both editors at the Journal Star in the 1960s. They had met there. Uh, my godmother was actually the society page editor at the time. That was actually a section. And so they had really sort of fostered that love of reading and writing for me. And now, who were they? Then, who were they? Who were uh, Sally and John Boyer. OK, go ahead. And mm -hmm. so so there was that was kind of happening. And then meanwhile, I was proving to be a pretty problematic student and wasn't really interested in listening and thought I was better than what high school wanted me to do. And so I think when the opportunity to work at the Journal Star came about, the administration mm -hmm. at Bettemore High School was all too happy to have me spend half my day as a student and half my day as a cub reporter at the Journal Star. So I think everybody, I don't know if the Journal Star won. I definitely won. The high school definitely won. And I just, you know, it was a great, great, great place to come of age and to just be surrounded by these incredible journalists, you know, working day after day at their trade. Well, plus, you know, as anyone knows who's, who's worked on, on the paper or magazine or something, you find out so much more about the area in which you live because, you know, the story might take you to the south of Peoria or, uh, you know, Metamora or wherever it is, Deacon, uh, all the places around that maybe you wouldn't have otherwise explored. And now you find out about the stories there. So it's, it is a great, uh, I think, a great sort of a experience for certainly a young person. Yeah. And it's really about people, right? It's about right. telling other people's stories. And so it's also an exercise in empathy. It's an exercise in listening. It's an exercise in understanding the experience of other people. And, you know, that's not something that gets taught in a course. So you went off to college and where was that? St. Louis University. Okay. Good school. And was that uh, a springboard for, for more writing or what, what happened down there? 
Yeah, I double majored in philosophy and English and really sort of fell in love with big ideas and research. And so I went on to do a PhD at the University of Delaware and really loved that kind of heady intellectual scholarship. But I was also developing a real interest in environmental studies. And so when I took my first college teaching job here in Maine, I really was focused on sort of theory and academic scholarship. But as issues of climate change and and the things that come with it became more and more foregrounded and more and more urgent, I personally decided that a a better way that I could help was, was not so much with this sort of esoteric research that I was doing, but returning to narrative and journalism and and telling stories for a lay audience rather than for a scholarly audience. And uh, some of the books you've written are are exemplify that Uh, Superstorm. We just talked about Hurricane Sandy. You did a book, uh, Quakeland, um, on the road to America's next devastating earthquake, if I can say it. How did you go about that? What was what was what uh, what formed that one? That literally was born right out of Superstorm. Superstorm was really looking at issues of forecasting, issues of infrastructure, why it is that, you know, for instance, a lot of our infrastructure is still ultimately 19th century infrastructure when you think about power lines and things like that. And so what we saw with Superstorm Sandy was was a nation that was sort of profoundly underprepared for the storm, who had been told there was a risk of the storm. People chose not to evacuate. People chose not to respond. And then we had this sort of attempt to kind of clean up afterwards. And and while I was on the press tour for that book, you know, a lot of these same sorts of questions of risk assessment, of understanding for scientific forecasting and things like that kept coming up. And so my editor had said to me, you know, nobody's done for earthquakes what we just did for hurricanes. Why don't you go out and do that? So I had no background whatsoever in geology or seismology. So it was definitely an education. And I went on a road trip around the country to kind of understand how first responders, how scientists, how um, everybody in between are trying to get us prepared for the next big earthquake disaster. Is there a, uh, a sense of where that might occur? Yeah. And actually, I spent a fair amount of time in the Midwest because, as you and some of your listeners may know, the New Madrid fault was responsible mm-hmm. for one of the largest sort of continentally focused earthquakes. And, you know, places like Memphis, places like St. Louis and, and arguably places like central Illinois would be profoundly impacted by an earthquake. One of the things that was most interesting to me was when you think about just how much of our economy is on a barge, when you look at the Illinois River, the Mississippi River, and you look at the fragility of the levee system and the lock and dam system, you know, the the economy would be really crippled if an earthquake occurred there and, and did damage to the levees and the locks and dams. Now, Quakeland was, when did you finish that book? That was 2014, I want to say, 2015. Mm-hmm. What came next after that? So I've spent the past five years on a, a project which is coming out May 3rd, and it's called Trailed, One Woman's Quest to Solve the Shenandoah Murders. And that was sort of born out of another environmental love that I've always had, which is backpacking. And mm-hmm. um, it traces uh, the, the murder of two young women in Shenandoah National Park in 1996, which became the first federally recognized hate crime. Um, and which has not yet been definitively closed as a case. And so I worked with the Innocent, the National Innocence Project and the Innocence Project at the University of Virginia 
to reopen and reinvestigate the case. So we did a real deep dive into all of the evidence and the way in which prosecutorial bias and forensic science and and confirmation issues have really sort of stymied the ability to get good convictions in the legal system. And then the title again is Trails? Trailed, uh, trailed past tense. One woman's quest to solve the Shenandoah murders. And then that'll be out in May. May 3rd. Mm-hmm. May 3rd. Well, Catherine, this has been great. We we appreciate it so much. We wish you the best. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll stay tuned for all the things that are coming up. And Thank you. 